Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsboro, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 32, How Polish Math Saved Europe. You may have heard the term the Enigma, the German encoding machine that was in use from the 1920s through World War II. The Germans considered this form of encoding unbreakable, and used it to send supposedly secure messages throughout the war. But what they didn't know was that Allied mathematicians had identified numerous weaknesses in their coding scheme, and in fact the Allies could decode a significant proportion of these messages. It has been commonly estimated that this ability accelerated the end of the European war by as much as two years. In the 1930s, most foreign nations considered the Enigma encoding impregnable. Let's see why this was the case. The machine was based on the concept of substitution ciphers, where you would transform a message by substituting each letter with a different one. For example, a common substitution cipher might replace each letter with the next one, so C-A-T becomes D-B-U. Such simple ciphers are easily breakable by techniques such as looking for common small words or analyzing letter frequency data. But a trick that makes a cipher much harder to break is if you change the encoding after each letter. So the first letter of your message might be replaced by the next one, the second letter replaced by the one before, etc. Then the same letter might stand for different other letters in different parts of the message, and it would be really hard to decode the substitution. In the days before commonplace availability of digital computers, this was very painful to implement or decode. The Enigma machine, a complex pre-computer encryption machine, took this idea to an extreme while enabling quick encoding and decoding of messages. The machine had a typewriter attached to three scramblers, each of which implemented a different substitution cipher. So you can think of each scrambler as a list of the 26 letters in a scrambled order, and for each letter on its input it would generate a different letter on its output. When a letter was typed, it would be sent in sequence to all the scramblers to be transformed each time. Then some of the scramblers would automatically rotate, shifting the code by one place, so the next letter would get a different encryption. For example, let's assume we have a simplified three-letter alphabet and a scrambler reads CBA with C in the first position. This means that an A, the first letter, would become a C, a B would be kept as a B, and a C would transform to an A. Then, after encoding one letter, the scrambler would rotate, the A at the end moving to the beginning, so the CBA would become ACB. The next letter would be transformed with this new cipher. So a message consisting of AA would become CA after encoding, the first A being coded by a different cipher than the second one. So how complex was an Enigma cipher to break? With three 26-letter scramblers, which could each be initially in any position, this would mean 26 times 26 times 26 possible ciphers, or 17,576. The three scramblers could also be removed and replaced in a different order, multiplying by a further factor of 6. A plug board was then added, which could further swap any subset of letter pairs in addition to the cipher implemented by the rest of the machine, multiplying the number of possible ciphers by another hundred billion or so. There are also some other details which I'm not including here. Thus, it's not surprising that most foreign nations considered the codes unbreakable and didn't even try. But the Polish knew they didn't have a choice. If war broke out, they would be one of Germany's likely targets. A statistician named Marian Rajewski made the first major breakthrough in analyzing the Enigma codes. The Germans had made one fatal mistake. Due to worries about special messages being lost in static, they had mandated that an initial code word be repeated twice at the beginning of each message. The two repetitions would be enciphered with different sets of letters due to the nature of the machine.
but by knowing the length of the initial word, usually three letters, one could find the sets of letters that represented the same scrambler positions three positions down. So suppose the daily code word was cat. The initial message string would be C-A-T, C-A-T, which might be encoded as something like D-O-G-P-I-G. We can't tell from the encoded string D-O-G-P-I-G what the original word was, but we can tell that the D in scrambler position 1 encodes the same letter as P in scrambler position 4. This may not seem like much information to go on, but the Polish were able to use this kind of information to build up a kind of signature of the scrambler positions. In other words, by analyzing large sets of these pairs and comparing to known patterns, they, they would look at each of the 105,456 possible scrambler settings and be able to figure out the actual settings for the day. This wasn't a full solution, of course, and in the days before true computers, it took an immense amount of effort to build machines that could make use of this information. Essentially, they had to rapidly compare the signature they found to the 100,000 or so possibilities to find the correct one. But they did it and were able to listen to many German communications as a result. The Germans eventually negated this success by adding more possible scramblers to the machine. But this was just the beginning of the cracking of the enigma. When Poland fell, Britain resumed their work to identify additional weaknesses, with major successes that I'll probably describe in a later podcast. If it wasn't for this initial breakthrough by the Polish, though, it's highly questionable whether any of the Allies would have imagined that the enigma could be broken, and the war in Europe might very well have extended for several more years. If you want to read more about this topic, I highly recommend The Code Book by Simon Singh, my main source for this podcast. And this has been your Math Mutation for today.